I believe I have a very important message. How is going to come out? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to see every one of you tonight. There are a few things in the scripture where God quickly tells us, you must. You must. And one of the you must is being born again. Being born again. There is no life with God without being born again. There is no eternal life, no relationship with God, nothing at all with heaven. You're not going to heaven. Nothing's going to happen until you're born again. You are not going to be connected with the Father unless you are born again. God will not speak to you until you are born again. He will speak to you through a man, but directly to you is got to be a man speaking to you, and you responding to that to be born again. Now, John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus speaking, Most assuredly, he said to Nicodemus, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We're not talking about entering. You will not see the kingdom of God. But he talked also about being born of water out of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom. But in verse 7 it says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. It's a must. You must be born again. Don't let that surprise you. This is for every human if you live on the earth and you are alive as a human being, you must be born again. It's a must. Notice it doesn't say you must pray. He said men ought always to pray. You ought to do it. You can choose not to, but men ought always to pray. It doesn't say you must read your Bible. You should read your Bible. Because that's the way you grow. You should attend church. You should attend Sunday school class and be taught. You should do all of these things. But there is no must. But there is another must. The first must leads you to the second must. Which has to do with faith. Faith is required for your Christian living. If you don't exercise faith, and we're not talking about faith in the past. Faith that you had for something in the past. Faith that happened. We're talking about the now faith. You need the now faith to be successful as a Christian. If you neglect faith in God as a Christian, you will not prosper. You won't thrive. You won't be successful. You won't be influential. You can't really do anything as a Christian except you apply faith. We talk a lot about believing God, 
But we're really talking about faith, trusting God for something. You get nothing from God until you apply faith. We don't talk about it a lot, but faith is a requirement. He tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. So if you're going to please God, you have to have faith. Not faith for yes, the faith you had yesterday. It's a continual thing. You have to keep on having faith in God because you are not going to be pleasing to God unless when you're dealing with Him, you constantly deal with Him in faith. Faith is the currency for transaction in heavenly things. Nothing happens to you after you are born again. Now God's calling you into a life of faith. And this life is so important. He says, but without faith it's impossible, totally impossible to please Him. For He who comes to God. How many times do we have to go to God? Every time. If you are coming to God, you need faith. He says, you must believe. If you're going to God, you must believe. That's the other mouth. You must believe that He is. First of all, you know how glorious, how majestic. There's something that transpired this evening. Uh, we say God is able. But not only that, you must believe that He is able and He's willing. So we must believe. That he is. God is. What does that mean? God stays with his word. God and his word are one. God will never overlook his word. Now let me tell you this. God will never overlook faith. Never. It's impossible. If it's not happening, we're not believing right. I can own on to that. I don't make any excuses. I'm struggling believe. I'm struggling with believing. If there is genuine faith, God will respond. It's impossible for God to overlook faith. Faith is the only thing that moves him. And every time faith is applied in the right way, scripturally, God will move. We have to recognize this. If you believe in God for something, if it's not happening... You check the question with faith. We don't like to go there because we all want to believe that we are exercising faith. I'm exercising faith. But I said it a long time ago. If I pray for somebody that's sick and nothing is happening, he said I'm not exercising faith right or they are not exercising faith right because if we are not in the same place, two cannot walk together except they are in agreement if we are not in the same place, if I'm believing and the person is not believing, one cancels out the other and nothing happens. But God will not overlook faith. Everything we receive from God must come through faith. So faith is a very important subject. And we have to pay attention to it. He says you must believe that God is. In other words, God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he'll do it. 
If he has spoken, he will make it good. If he is not making it good, something is wrong and has nothing to do with him. I'm not believing right. We need to understand that. So I must do whatever I can to exercise faith. And what to do is get rid of the fear. Because if you are still afraid inside, whether or not this is going to happen, faith is not there. If you are still anxious about it, most likely the best way to go is, Lord, I believe. Help my... Yes, we've all been there. Yes. But once there is perfect faith, God will act. God will act. I remember some years ago, um, I was talking, I don't preach a lot about faith these days, but I do that deliberately because it seems like every time you keep talking about faith, Christians start, they go into this wonderland and wondering whether they have faith or not. <laughs> and that really hinders. So I don't like using the word. I would just talk, give the message so that people can receive and have faith without even being aware that they are exercising faith. So it's like, do I have faith? How big is the muscle? So I don't go there. But years ago, I think I was sitting back in the other building. And uh, I've been speaking about faith a lot. And uh, Angela came to me and said, uh, uh, there's uh, a 10 acres of land over there. That's where we are now. And um, I want us to believe God for it. I mean, we didn't have a lot of people in church. She says, let's get it. I said, Angela. No. <laughs> she said, you always preach faith. Now it's come to time to believe. And now you're backing off. I said to her, there is faith, and there is presumption, <laughs> and there is foolishness. I said, the way, we, the way it is now, I wasn't willing to believe. But after we talked, that's the way it worked for me. I started thinking, and maybe she's right. And then I started praying about it. Then I could really believe God, just for the land, not for the building, just for the land. <laughs> but God came through. And after I received that from the Lord, I had no fear. That thing that looked like it was so huge, became so small, no, no trouble anymore. You see, it's all about faith. It's all about faith in the Lord. But you got to walk on it. Because God requires it. It's a requirement. He who comes to God must. No option. It's not optional. You must. If you're coming to God for whatever it is, you must. If you're just depending on the preacher, no. God saying, you're coming to me, you must. Just like you must be born again. So, so important. He says, you must believe that God is. In other words, he's not going to lie. And that he's a rewarder. Rewarder of those who believe. If you believe, you will diligently seek him. You will not take no for an answer. You won't turn around and say, well, maybe it's not God's will. When you know it's there in the scriptures. When you begin to speak that way, you will not, diligent, you will not diligently seek him anymore. Because your heart is made up, it's not going to happen. And that's not faith. You see where we're missing it? You gave up. You change your confession. You're not diligent anymore. 
there was a little ups and downs, and you gave up. And you changed your language. There is no perfect faith. You are tossed to and fro. You are double-minded. And a double-minded person, you see how faith is so required. Once you get double-minded, maybe because somebody said something to you, or maybe you had somebody that had some experience relating to what you're going through, and you listened to them and left the Word of God, you become double-minded. And God has already spoken in His Word, and He cannot lie. He's already spoken in His Word. That man is not going to get anything. Still loves you. But you'll get nothing until you can believe. You receive only what you can believe for. Only what all these guys see when God is using a man, it comes natural to them, but they can see what they believe. And they believe it. It seems so simple to them, but they worked at it. And they were able to believe. And sometimes it depends on those who you are around. If you are around negative people and they are always talking negative and, and we don't think that's going to happen, that's the way you think. And as a man thinks in his heart, exactly. So we got to believe God. So born again experience ushers you into a life of faith. If you don't have, if you don't live the life of faith, you sink. You have a lot of troubles. If you can't believe God for little things, I mean, Satan doesn't quit. He keeps coming at you with all kinds of things. Coming at you until you begin to learn to believe God and trust Him. And please, like T.L. Osborne said, have your own faith. Don't depend on another person's faith. You can work. You were born again and ushered into a life of faith. It's not just being born again alone. Yes, you must be born again. But after you have been born again, you are ushered into another must. That is, you must live a life of faith. It starts on the day you are born again until you exit this, exit this world. You have to live a life of faith. No option. Those Christians who think they have option. With this, we suffer want in different areas of life. There are no options. Listen to this. First John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, For whatever is born of God, now we're talking about being born again, overcomes the world. Right? Whatever is born of God, in other words, that must be born again. That's already taking place in your life. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. Our faith. Because we have been called to live a life of faith. We have been called into a life of faith. That's the only life for the Christian. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Because a life of faith is different from living a natural life. We all live natural life. It's a life of... It's a life that you live trusting in things that are not tangible. Things that you can't really rest on. Nothing seems sure 
except what God has said. That's what God is saying. I want everything in your life not to be a foundation or something you can rest on, except what is in my, my word. That's all he's saying. And if you can do that, you're very pleasing to him. Because you neglect everything else. And you are living your life by what is here. Not by what anyone else is saying, but what is here. That's where your life is anchored in this book. And God says, you're pleasing to me. You're pleasing to me. You recognize all the obstacles and all the barriers. Like with Abraham, he recognized the age, his age. And everything that's happened. He also was looking at his wife. But God has spoken. He had nowhere else to rest on. Except a word that was spoken. To him by a being he couldn't see. But he said Abraham was strong in faith. Against what he knew in the natural. And became a friend of God. I became a friend of God. And God would withhold nothing from Abraham. Nothing. Because he was resting on the book. Against what he knew in the natural. And we, as Christians, as children of Abraham, we have been called in our own lifetime to live the same kind of life that Abraham lived. And then we are pleasing to God. And then we become friends of God because we are living just like Abraham, who is the father of faith. This is so important. A life of faith. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You are born of God. That means you have the potential to grow your faith. And do whatever God calls you to do. Just trust in in His promise. Whatever He lays in your heart. What He lays in my heart may be different from what He lays in your heart. But they are different, but the same, because everything is connected to this one thing. Faith in God. Must believe that He is. And He will reward those who diligently seek Him. He will do that. So we've been called into a life of faith. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because the gospel is what delivers faith to humans. Until they believe the gospel, they can have heavenly faith. But once they they obtain heavenly faith, nothing is impossible. Jesus told us that. All things are possible. To those who believe. There, is, there are no hindrances in your life. The only hindrance in my life, your life, is called unbelief. That's the only thing hindering you. Because Jesus was right. He said, all things are possible to those who believe. If you can only believe, all things are possible. Why is this so difficult to just believe what God has said? Because of what we see? Because of what we've heard from people and other people's experience? 
whatever that may be, those things hinder us. We see somebody who was sick or something, and we don't understand everything that we never know until we get to heaven. But God has His plan for everybody. Everyone is different. He deals with you only according to how you believe. And I'm willing to tell God, I'm having a hard time believing. I need your help. But those things hinder us. He tells us, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to everyone who believes. And then in verse 17 it says, For in it, in the preaching of the gospel, the unveiling of, of the gospel, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just, in other words, the born again shall what? Live by faith. You want to live or you want to die. If you don't apply faith in the circumstances coming into your life, you won't live. To, to live as a Christian, you have to live by faith. That's a requirement. That's all we need to live and to be successful. We have to live by faith. We get, have challenges, things that come against us. And all the enemy is trying to do is take your eyes away from the promise of God so that you don't trust God anymore. And then once you live that, you are in the realm of the flesh and you are trying to manipulate and do things to just to survive. God didn't call us just to survive. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what the scripture tells us. So the righteousness of God is revealed to us from faith to faith. What does that mean? Can you explain that to me? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. What is that, what is that saying? When you understand God's promise, and you understand the word, as it says in Matthew chapter 13, when you understand the word, faith is born. And once faith is born, we receive, this is called the righteousness of faith. Power talks about that. The righteousness of God through faith. You can read that in, in uh, Romans chapter 10. There's the righteousness of God by faith. There's the righteousness of God through the law, what you do with the law. But for us, it's the righteousness of God by faith. That righteousness of God is unveiled in your life once you have that faith. And every time in any subject in the scriptures, whether it's finances, whether it's protection, whether it's fear or demonic harassment, whatever it is, once you receive faith in that, and the righteousness of God is revealed in that area, you're free. Nobody can hold you down. That's what Jesus meant when he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because the truth gives you the righteousness of God. And when the righteousness of God is unveiled, you're free. And it's from faith to faith. 
Every time you receive a new revelation from God and your faith goes up, you're free. I remember times when demons, they were dealing with me. I mean, I was already saved. I spoke in tongues. It didn't work. I cried out to God. It didn't work. I spoke in English. It didn't work. I spoke in uh, the Nigerian uh, pigeon. Nothing worked. Until God opened my eyes. One day this demon came, maybe you've experienced that, but you sleep at night and all of a sudden a dark shadow just sweeps over you and you try to move your hand, you can't. You try to kick, the leg will not move. You try to call the name of Jesus, it, it, it just won't come out. That's the one that bothered me the most because I couldn't even say the name of Jesus. How can I be a Christian and, and, and I, can't, I need Jesus and, and, and I couldn't speak? And then all of a sudden that thing leaves. And, and then I quickly would kneel down and say, God the Father, God the Son, everyone, I need help right now. You all come. And I got so frustrated. I was asking God, how can I be a believer, your son, in this time, I was in the land of unbelief. You know, how can I be a believer? Your son, I know this is demonic, and, and I can't stop it. And one day, I was, I, 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 I did that happened to me, and I woke up very frustrated. This time, I was really complaining to God. This is this is not right. I'm a Christian. If I'm a Christian, how can this happen? And God just gently spoke to me. He says, that's a little demon that just troubled you. Look, he's, he's in the room just laughing at you. You're just acting silly. And it's like, really? This was when I was in Georgia. I thought when I left Nigeria to the United States, those demons would stay back there. They got in the plane and then paid a cent for their ticket. And came with me to the U.S. The land of the free. And bothered, still continued with, the, with bothering me. Like and God said, that's just a little demon that just, he, he's, and in my mind, I could see him in the corner of my room as I was kneeling, calling on God the Father. And God, I got him good. You know? That's what I told the demon. And I said, oh God, I've been so stupid. That's what I told myself. How could I have allowed this all? Now, I have faith. And I said, no demon in the room. Come here! I yelled at the demon. There was nobody there. Stand right there! I said. And I said, you know, I'm a prince. Um, if you were in the other room, you'd say, he's lost his mind. <laughs> I said, I'm a prince. You dare not do that to me. Stop it. Now get out. That was it. Don't experience that. Not that swapping over my life. He stopped. Which was something like almost every week, every, every, every week I will have to go through that. But once the righteousness of God is revealed, you're free. I, they, can't, they can't dare. If anything like that happens, I'll get so mad. Never experienced. That was the end of it. And this went on for years. So the righteousness of God can be revealed through faith. And we can have victory from faith to faith. 
Because the just, those who are born again, you need to realize you are committed. You have to commit to live, if you want to live, a life of faith. You have to. You have to. If you're born again, if you're 60 years, 70 years old, man, if you got born again today, you're a baby. That's a baby. You need to be in Sunday school and learn so you can grow. Otherwise, you will be a spiritual baby in an elderly man's body. Get in class. Get fed. Grow up. Exercise your muscle. But you have to walk. Look at what the scripture tells us here. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Notice, you live by faith. You have to walk by faith. There is a way for believers. The Bible says it's called the way of the Lord. Christianity was called the way. And we have to walk in the way of the Lord. And if you are going to walk, you have to walk by faith. Not what you see. Not what you feel. Not what the doctor is telling you. Not what's been happening in your life since you were born. Not what's happening in your family. And everyone is experiencing it. That's not what God has called you to. God's called you into another life. A life of faith. You are not part of that family anymore. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now live a life of faith. And walk the walk of faith. Walk like Abraham, not what you see with your eyes. Not what's happening to your wife, she can get pregnant. No, you're trusting in God's word and God's word alone. It's a walk of faith. It's really a walk of faith. God expects you to walk a walk of faith. All of the troubles you're going through, guess what's going on? God's trying to make you walk the walk of faith. And if you don't learn, more troubles are coming. God allows it. I found something that was funny. God allows Satan to bring you trouble. We'll come into it. It's funny. I didn't know that Satan can actually get his prayer answered. Uh, I know you're wondering about that. But Satan can't do anything without permission from God. We'll come into that. But let me put this out tonight for just for you to understand. Jesus said to Peter, Satan had asked for you. You know that? Who was he talking to? He got his prayer answered. He, he, Satan can get his prayer answered and the Christian can get his prayer answered. That doesn't make sense. Think about it. Jesus told him, Satan asked for you, Right? He wants to sift you like wheat. And guess what? God granted it. Right? Read the scriptures. But Jesus said, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. We are called to live a life of faith. God's not going to protect you from Satan. He'll let him come. 
And if you're not going to live a life of faith, he's going to whip you real good, rub your face in the sand, destroy your family, destroy your marriage, destroy everything because you refuse to stand up in faith. It's not God's fault. You have the ability. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You just haven't learned to look at what you see and say, that's contrary to what God said, and I'm not accepting that. I settle it. It's a work of faith. It's a work of faith. Many times we like to describe, for me personally, I'm learning. I'm, I'm not anywhere I'm learning. But I try not to speak what I'm saying. If it's negative, I just won't say it. Because I, I told Angela tonight, the one in Georgia, we, we talked. She says, I want to confess. I said, don't you dare go there. Because the Bible is very clear. Let the weak say, I am strong. Well, when you're saying you're strong, and you feel really weak, don't you feel like you're telling a lie? How can you say to Deborah, yeah, I, I'm strong, whereas I'm feeling weak? If she finds out you are feeling weak, you lied, right? That's the way we think. I'm a Christian. I don't lie. So I'm going to tell it as it is. But God says, let the weak say, you're weak. That's natural. That's what you feel. That's sight, right? But God says, don't say that. Rather say what God said. I am strong. That's the medicine. But what we want to do and what's natural to us is to speak what is natural to us, what we feel. Because that's what everybody's doing. You are not everybody. You are not everybody. Jesus was clear. The wind blows. You hear the sound of it. But you don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it's going. He says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. We are a mystery. We are not like them. We're different. So is everyone who is born again. The wind blows. You hear the sound of it. You feel it. But you cannot tell in in the natural where it's coming from or where it's going. And Jesus said, The born-again believer is just like the wind. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You can never tell. Especially if they are living by faith. You can never tell. They get wherever they want to go. Amen? And to the devil, it's always a mystery. And to those who are living in the flesh, natural, you are a mystery. That's what God wants it to be. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Notice, this thing is a fight. Because we are natural. I know how I feel when I'm seeing and observing what's going on. Right? But God is saying, overlook it. And you're saying, God, I can't. (laughs) Can you see what's going on? I can't. That's the flesh. So there's a constant fight. Galatians chapter 5, the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh so that you are not able to do everything you want to do. So there is a constant fight between what you see and what God says. 
And God says, you will be more pleasing to me if you overlook what you see. I'm not saying don't use your mind. <laughs> if it's hard plate, don't touch it. You'll get burnt. Don't put your hand there. Still use your mind, but trust in God's word to change those circumstances that are coming against your life. It's a fight. If you're a Christian asking, what fight? I don't feel like I'm fighting. Then you haven't started. It's also a race, according to the scripture. No wonder you're like what you are. If you don't realize you are in a fight. I mean, it didn't take too long after I got saved before I realized, hey, I thought I was going to be having a floating experience all the time. This thing is a fight. It's really a fight. You're doing well. And like I said the other day, when troubles come, they just, it's, it's usually not just one. It's one after the other. So the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. So our fight as a Christian, as Christians, is a fight of faith. It's not any kind of fight, but it's a kind of faith. Because we are called to live a life of faith. So everything that we do has to be of faith. You have to believe against what you're seeing. You have to believe against what you're hearing. You have to believe against what you are experiencing. And trust God's word and God's word alone. Contrary to what everybody is saying. That's what God, that's what pleases God. That you are trusting in his word even though what you see in the natural is contradictory. That pleases God so much. They'll act. They'll act. So it's a fight of faith because God will put us through a test. He tested Abraham. Remember that? The Bible says the time came when God will test Abraham. And, and you don't, he doesn't tell you anything. He just says, get me that boy and kill him. You have to start. Abraham, because he knew with God, he started meditating and thinking. Well, God told me to. You remember Abraham will always tell his wife stuff. But this matter, he is not going to tell his wife. This is not something to discuss. Uh, uh, this is going to be a real fight. But can you imagine Abraham was feeling so good, playing with Isaac. Nothing was happening. And then in the evening, God tells him this. You think he's going to have a good night's sleep? That's a fight. That's a test. God is the same. The Bible says, yesterday, today, and forever. Could it be what you're going through is a test from God? How are you handling it? How are you handling it? Do you cut corners? Trying to survive? And notice something. You think Abraham, after walking miles to the mountain, God would then say to him, it's okay, I see you are going to obey me, you can go home now. No. It didn't happen that way. The test was not over. 
Abraham says to the servants, hey, you guys stay here. Uh, the lad and I, uh, we're going up there. We will worship and we're coming right back. But see, Abraham had already thought through these things in his mind. It never bothered him. He said, God was the one that gave me the promise that this is the promised child. <laughs> if he wants to kill him, that's his problem. He wants me to help him with it. I'll kill him. But Abraham also believed. I know he's God. He'll kill him. He'll raise him back up. That was Abraham's feeling. That was what gave him peace. He found in God, God's character and power, something to rest on. And that boosted his faith. And he could care less about the knife going through his son. He believed God can raise him back up. Why? Because God had already given him a promise. Through that boy, that's the one your blessing is going to be all over the world. And God, you can't lie. If he's that boy, I'll kill him. You bring him back up, otherwise you lied. So he, he had everything figured out. And so he grew. He worked stronger in faith. And after he did it, God said, now I know. And God said, that's when God swore by himself. Because he was so pleased. This man will not hold back. What was happening? Faith. Faith in God. Faith in God. What are you going through? You're going to cut corners? Listen to people? What has God spoken to you from his word? What are the promises of God that you have in your heart about your life? Was it great? But now other circumstances have come in and, and then you come in that, well, I know I'm not going to be able to reach there, but I can manage this. You compromise. You compromise because of time and because of circumstances. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no compromise. Would die believing. Would die believing. If it doesn't happen, I'm still going to hang in there. I'm still going to hang in there believing. It's a fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight. Because one, the, the first thing is, the thing that is so sure about, you're going to win if you're fighting in faith. There is no losing when you're fighting in faith in God. That's why it's a good fight. But you need faith to fight. The fight, the fight of faith. You need faith to be able to fight. By just figuring things out, memory, I mean, I'm meditating on God's word and believing God's going to do it. How? I don't know. But I'm going to keep trusting him. You don't have to talk to people about it because sometimes if you say too, too much, they'll get you discouraged by what they tell you. And sometimes from good Christians too. And sometimes it can even be from pastors. Don't listen to him. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's, that's too much. You walk it out. If God has spoken it to you, believe God, and God will bring it back to pass. You don't have to. Fight the good fight of faith. That's how you can lay hold on eternal life. You see that? Lay hold of eternal life. Do we already have eternal life? Yes. But eternal life will benefit us right here. Get a hold of it. Lay hold of eternal life. You got it. Don't let it go because you are fighting the fight. Fight the good fight of faith, holding on to that 
eternal life that must produce in your life. I believe it's uh, Psalm 5 verse 12. He says, God loves the righteous. He surrounded the righteous with favor as with a shield. So that's what the scripture is telling us. Lay hold on eternal life. Notice, you were called to this. Amen? To which you were called. You were called to this. And then everything comes back together. It says you made a good confession. Right? You were called to this life of faith. The good fight of faith, it says to us, laying hold of eternal life, being born again, that ushered you into this new kind of life, different kind of life from the fleshly life. This is a new kind of life. It's a new way of living for the abundant life. Lay hold of eternal life. You were called to it. And you made a good confession. Don't stop now. Continue with your good confession. In the presence of many witnesses. Keep saying it. Don't quit. It's a fight. Amen? It's really a fight. I love, I love the way Jesus said. He said, go, to this place, go, go out and preach the gospel. If you go to a place and, and they don't receive you, what did he say to do? Shake the dust off your feet. <laughs> go somewhere else. So I share with this brother, and he doesn't like what I'm saying. He, causes, uh, he says something negative. Then I know not to ever go to this person. Go find the one that will say, yes, brother, I agree with you. And let's pray and believe. Yes, we're all brothers, but we're all different, okay? <laughs> go to the ones that believe with you. My pastor, he was sick. He had a, a tumor, benign tumor on his neck. He said, if you don't have anything good to say, please don't come to me. I don't want your sympathy. Leave me alone. And God delivered him. Don't come and tell me anything about you. Know somebody that had, don't, don't, don't. Leave me alone. I don't need any word from you. Because those words can actually discourage you. So you make your confession before many witnesses. I'm in a... Oh my God, time. <laughs> I'll stop here. But let me... Let me <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you very much for that permission. Yes. I'll close with this. It's so important. <clears throat> um, if you turn to Second uh, Peter chapter 1, Verse 5 through 8, so important here. I'll read it to you. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, yours and abound, you will neither you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
add to your faith virtue. Notice, you don't add faith to virtue. You don't add knowledge. I mean, you don't add faith to knowledge. Faith is your foundation. Every other thing has to be added to faith. That's the foundation. You can have the rest of them. But if you don't have faith, forget it. It's not going to work. You don't have faith to any of them. No patience, nothing. The number one thing that you must have, the foundation for your Christian work, has to be faith. And if it's not faith, nothing else will work. You're wasting your time. You can be a good person. They won't work with God. The foundation is faith. That's what you add every other thing on. If it's not, then you're wasting your time. If you have all, the, if you have the faith, and all, that, all these other things are added, then you can never be barren. You will never be unfruitful. You will not suffer want. Because God will always meet your needs. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) Can we lift our hands up to the Lord tonight? I don't know what you're going through. But we're all going through something. And maybe you're trusting God for something hasn't come to pass yet. But don't let go. That's the thing here tonight. Maybe other circumstances. Things were okay and you could believe God. Because everything was okay. Now something has changed. Maybe one or two things has changed in the equation. And it seems impossible. This is not going to happen anymore because of what's happening. I'm telling you, don't let go. Don't let go. Stay firm and stand with your God and remind God. It's better when you see those things. That's what God, God wants you to see them. And if you still trust Him, in spite of what you see in the natural, you please Him and He's going to come big on your behalf. So that when it's finished, everyone will say, yes, we know God did that. He has to have the glory. If you can do it, then He doesn't have the glory. But it's all got to be God himself. Father God, I thank you for your word tonight. It's a word that will never return to you void. You said you've spoken. You will make it good. Lord, we thank you because you have filled our hearts with faith tonight in God. And we're ready. We're not giving up. We will never give up because God is on our side. And the Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? All things are ours according to the scriptures. We thank you, Father, for your love for us. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you for blessing us because we have Abraham's blessing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.